So, Brad, you know, I was thinking the other day, we've had second edition for a while now. You know, we did the play test. We morphed into second edition. We've been playing it for a bit. And I know we've actually had an opportunity to explore second edition outside of the podcast some as well. One of the things that occurred to me that I don't know that I knew when second edition dropped that I've learned now is how much multi-classing actually changed aspects of the game that I never would have thought of. So I kind of was wondering, you know, if you've experienced the same thing, you know, what, what are your thoughts on multi-classing now that we've had the, the books for a while? So for me, multi-classing is Satan's daughter. Uh, and when you lie down with her, you've punched your ticket to hell. Uh, and I'm, uh, no, no, I'm, kidding. I'm a little confused. Is, is that a, a for or against? Uh, yeah, we'll call them A, we'll call them B. Uh, you know, for me and the podcast, there was no reason for my character to multi-class at this time. Like right. it just didn't make sense. Uh, I have enjoyed what Gavin's been doing with that sorcerer monk. And then I like what, with what, uh, you know, Ethan's done with the alchemist wizard. I think he is focusing a little less on the wizardy stuff. And Gavin is really exploring this space for both of them. Yeah, Gavin, uh, Shirian has multi-class to the point where it's come, he's blending it much more so and really delving into that. And I think he's going to continue to do so. I, it's paying off. Like early on, you know, I mean, I carry this podcast really both as a, a player <laughs> and a character. Sure, uh, sure. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but early on, it was like, well, okay, you're a melee guy, but it's, it's, yeah, I, I didn't see, like, he had a vision, but I didn't see it. And it's just kind of recently where it's starting to come together where I'm like, okay, I get it. Because he actually does more damage than I do. Sometimes he does. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I know, um, of course, I have some insight there because, you know, he lives in my house, but <laughs> I uh, I know that he's actually struggled to use that as efficiently as possible at times, and he's kind of been exploring how to how to blend all that because it's become much more effective. It'd be yeah. easier if it was there was just one way to do things, that one trick pony style. But since it gives him so many options, mm -hmm. he's kind of having to learn how to use those options most efficiently in combat in different situations. So it's a good problem. But at the same time, he's had to really kind of get in there and figure that out. Well, as I've I've explored Pathfinder 2, and this is, I think, a general consensus, the fighter is the most accurate. If you just kind of build it like a normal fighter, like your to hit is the most accurate almost in the game. Oh, absolutely. Whereas, like, he's a little less accurate, but when his punches hit, they smack, to use his phrase. <laughs> no, they, they, they do. And then, you know, the whole thing, that that's actually a secondary class. Yeah. Um, he also gets the advantage of many of his spells don't, you know, don't work against his multi-attack penalty. Yeah. So when he's casting a spell and then punching somebody, he's still doing it at his, at his full attack. Yeah, and, and he's explored that space with the multi-class to be a... He just... Striker, maybe not be the right term, but his whole character concept is to screw with the bad guys we're facing. Right. Like either physically attacking or his spells just harass and like fuck with them. Well, and you know, one of the things I like about that is as his backstory comes out, you're going to find that's very in tune mm -hmm. with the, the, the military style that he grew up in because you know Shirin yeah. is a, a military veteran. Yeah. And that's going to be that style. So it matches with not only the build, the personality, mm -hmm. and the backstory. It's the, a nice meshing. The gorilla, the guy, mm -hmm. uh, the saboteur. Right. Like, he goes out and just screws with things. He, he's very much a Swamp Fox-style yeah, character. Yeah, exactly. And I, I love that. I his I think his characters come together 
really well. And again, that may be a little bit my fault because I tend to gravitate towards versatile characters. Mm -hmm. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a character that they do one thing and they do it really well. But me personally, I tend to go to the toolbox characters. Yeah. And that, that crosses games. You go into all the other games I play, not just the fantasy settings. I tend to do that as well. So it's interesting to see that maybe he's picked up a little bit for me over the years, which is why I love multi-classing in second edition, because that's what it adds. You want a character who has more options, more versatility, more odd things that they can do and pull out at the right time. Multi-classing is the way to get there. Uh, how uh, how different is multi-classing from version one to version two? Oh, just insanely different. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. I think Pathfinder 1 had way more broken multi-classing. Oh, no, absolutely. And, you know, to the point where, like, I even hesitate using the term multi-classing for what Pathfinder 2nd Edition did, mm -hmm. although it is dipping into what another class can do. But it's such a different animal. I hate using the same term at times. Yeah, I mean, because, like, a dip always implied, like, a small, like, you took, put mm -hmm. your, like, everybody took two levels of rogue. Yep. Just to get a D6 sneak attack and evasion. Yeah, you got your evasion out of it. You, you dipped a level into fighter. Yeah. Uh, you know, got to be some extra feats. And, and armor and crap. Yeah. like yeah. And, and, like, you generally didn't multi-class in Pathfinder 1 unless you were going for something broken you had in mind. Yeah, and now, I mean, feats are still such a key part of the game. It's how you build your character now as opposed to before you built them with the classes you took at each level. Yeah. Now you build them with feats. And you can use that to dip into other classes and kind of steal things that you want. So it really just changed the dynamic of the game in such subtle ways. And, and for me, feats in Pathfinder 1 modified things you did. Feats in Pathfinder 2 give you things to do. They do. It, it really has taken the place of, of leveling. It's no longer about what class you take at that level. It's about what feats do you have that yeah. you can choose. Yeah. I and mean, as the books come out, those options are going to just expand and expand. I mean, like, you get stuff, like, Alder gets stuff, you know, on leveling mm -hmm. at certain milestones as a fighter, but the feats are really what makes things pop. Right, and I think that's what we're going to see in the long run. You know, now if you make a fighter, you don't have that many different paths to take. Give it two years or so, and you're going to be able to make completely different fighters as you progress and go down completely different paths, even though they'll all be a fighter. Just remember uh, that my build was the best for all time. Speaking of best of for all time, let's get to the episode. This is the Adventurer's Vault. Follow our epic journeys and hear amazing tales. Join our heroes as they bravely face grave dangers and mysterious evils in distant and unknown lands. Be sure to visit our website, theadventuresvault.com, for episodes, links, and show notes. Music and sounds provided by Sirenscape. And now, it's time to open The Adventurer's Vault. Uh, if you guys remember, you are off the eastern coast of Faradon, and you are now sailing north. Uh, you are on your way to rendezvous with some children of the sea and supposedly a better portion of the shepherd fleet. They appear to be somewhere to the north of here. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the winds are not in your favor. They're mostly southerly, so you guys are forced uh, to rig close hauled and tack to your destination. It means it takes quite a, quite, a bit of, uh, quite a bit of time. It's very slow going, but a northern path you take. So about three full days and nights later, 
you guys uh, begin to find yourself a little close to your destination. Now, during the trip, uh, there are shepherds on board. They act friendly enough to you guys, but they remain pretty guarded. It becomes quickly obvious to you they don't like the idea of really taking you on and bringing you along, but they do consider it their duty to respect Captain Lena's wishes. So I'm sorry, I don't think I asked their opinion. Well... All right, we're and, all it's going to be that way. And huh? then the three of us sail away. Not much combat. So huh? three, three, three days, you say? Uh, three days and nights, yes. Okay, um, real quick order of business. Yes. I'm going to ask our erstwhile uh, alchemist to transfer my plus one breastplate rune to a studded leather. Ooh, that can be arranged. That should, should take is... about a day. Maybe a little coin. Right. He'd, he'd be able to do it except for the uh, debilitating seasickness that he's got. He's constantly <laughs> been, barfing just as I've he's trying to. I've been vomiting furiously the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is my... There is crafting. Be a 21. That's quite a bit. I believe that is plenty. Excellent. Um, you do have a hard time finding the time, however, since you uh, the crew is very shorthanded. Uh, there's basically just the four of you and then about six of the shepherds that are along. So that's a pretty pretty short crew. And uh, you guys are asked to uh, keep yourselves rather busy and help out. Uh, Captain Alina herself seems to pretty much never stop. She is very determined to get this ship there as soon as possible. And you can tell that she's pushing herself to the brink of exhaustion. Uh, But you do make your way uh, pretty far north as you're heading up the coast. Um, I'll I'll throw a map up online here, and you guys can kind of see the island chain that heads there on the eastern side of Faradon. And you guys are about almost halfway uh, through that island chain somewhere in that area there. Uh, You guys reach that destination somewhere on the dawn of the fourth day. Uh, You guys are kind of catching a few winks, and you hear shouts from the crow's nest. Tall island peaks can be seen above a morning fog, and you also notice there are masts, lots of masts. The captain appears on deck and shouts orders to bring in sail and hoist colors. Uh, She then approaches the four of you, He's like, gentlemen, I I encourage you to be on your best behavior. The shepherds are friends. Uh, They're all good people with a desire for peace, but don't let their manners deceive you. They're they're mighty when roused. I I suggest you not make enemies of them. I've got three things to say to that. Three words. Roll for initiative. (laughs) Let's get it started. All right. Da-da-da-da-da. In tribute, I uh, kill the cleric. And offer him <laughs> to the, the Sea Shepherd. That did nice. not go as expected. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the ship begins to move forward at a slower pace. Uh, most of the sails have been uh, brought in. And uh, before long, you see another ship appearing in the fog that approaches in challenge. Uh, it's a figot. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> you know, just, just like a, it's a figot, not a schloop or something like that. <laughs> or, yeah, or, or, or perhaps a ship of the Lynn. <laughs> Okay, goodness gracious, this is going to take forever if I get it's a galleon together. <laughs> there a you galleon. go. I try to think of another ship name, and I, I'm the pirate guy. I can't think a Titanic, if you either. Mm-hmm. So before long, a ship approaches in challenge. It's a frigate with a dark kraken on its mainsail. Uh, it's once... got a kraken on its mainsail. Yes. It'll never be able to sail that way. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm sorry. I go on. Uh, once close enough to get a good look, the uh, ship settles in alongside, satisfied to provide escort. Uh, time passes quietly. The morning sun is quickly to working to burn away the blanket of fog, and soon you start to notice mass of differing height reaching for the sky. Uh, then with a sudden breeze, you find yourself emerging from the fog, and before you scatter at anchor, rests the shepherd fleet. The sheer number of ships in one place is a sight to behold in itself. 
Rumors claim the Shepherd fleet is one of the smaller pirate fleets, but none of you have seen such a collection of ships in one place before. Pause for dramatic effect. Everybody's fucking looking at me. I don't know fucking why. This, you is, have never seen this. this is right up your alley. We're on the ocean. Caliban, this is your deal. Caliban has three ships. <laughs> I have only and? been on three ships. <laughs> I mean, well, I've only been I, on one. I blew one of them now. up. <laughs> I think you've been on the same. Uh, how did you even get to Port Hallback in the first place? On a one bump? ship. Oh, uh, hell dropped him off. <laughs> yeah. Wait, <laughs> you've been on that. two ships. How many ships have we We've been? all been on a You had to get here. Ships. Yeah, I got here. And then we blew up another one. Yeah. Actually, this is the third ship you've been on. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. We've okay. all been on three ships. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Actually, uh, it's, it's been more than three for me. It's the only ship I've ever been on that hasn't um, exploded in some manner. Give so. it some time. Yep. yep. All right. Well, before you, you anyway. count just over 20 ships. Mm, Nearly lot. half are frigates, like your escort, uh, of a make commonly associated with pirates. The others are larger, some much larger. Five in particular stand out to you. They're massive hulls casting shadows upon the waves. You guess them to be over 300 feet in length, and you count no less than four full decks above the waterline. That's <clears> a pretty big ship for this era. Uh, these, so are, these are the legendary Carracks, small floating cities housing the core of the pirate civilization. Uh, you also spot more than a few mounted riders moving among the ships, some riding hippocampi, some riding sizable sharks. This is a formidable force. Oh, that's a lot of ships. I've heard about those, but I've, I've never actually seen one before. We'd do well to get these people on our side as allies. Agreed. And, and you know, a few people have seen uh, the civilian fleets of the different pirates. They, they tend to keep themselves very isolated. Um, you gaze in awe as the broken land slowly glides by the fleet, heading straight towards one of the islands in front of you. You're reminded that the long string of islands that you're seeing are the peaks of an old mountain range that long ago sunk below sea level. Uh, when close enough to the island, Captain Lena or orders the remaining sails brought in, uh, the anchor drop, and for a lunch to be made ready. Lunch? I am so yes. hungry. This is... Just famous. Nothing to eat yeah. all all trip. Salted pork and they, they throw some it. raw squid on the for deck the, for the rest of the day. I'm adventurous. It's be back on the menu. One boys. shitty comment after another. Rich is just gonna fucking throw this thing in the trash. That's it. That's, I'm done with you, asshole. Go ahead. So uh, when the tasks are complete, she motions you into the launch, um, and the four of you row as the captain looks on. Uh, she points to a cave entrance at the base of the island and says, "That's where we're going." How big of a cave? Uh, looks just barely big enough to get the launch through. But, okay, so but not like big enough to house a fleet inside, like a you, giant cavern. Uh, you don't see anything that big, but it is big enough for you to row into, okay. but not much more so. There's very few forces that could attack this fleet as is. Yeah. Now, some giant demons spouting out of the ground might do it. Well, what's the likelihood of something like that happening? Why did you guys, why did all three of you <laughs> look at me when, you, when he said that? Jacques! As you row along, you notice a number of creatures swimming alongside, mostly dolphins, but you also know several of the creatures that call themselves children of the sea. You make your way inside the cave without any real trouble, and although the entrance is just large enough to fit your launch, it quickly opens up into a large cavern. You see a handful of other launches tied up to your right, and Lena motions for you to do the same. Waiting there along a little bank are several children of the sea, and among them, you recognize a familiar person. It is patrol leader Acheron and several of his troops. So we, we pull up, I'll throw the rope on, you know, to the, to the mooring and then help the captain out. Kinda Give a... Let her take lead before we... She, um, she walks forward and she turns to you guys and says, uh, go ahead and wait here. Uh, I'm going to... 
I'm going to introduce you and they will call for you when ready. This might be a minute, but I believe you are familiar with uh, one of the guards here. And uh, please, again, try not to cause any trouble. This is a sacred place. Uh, of course. At this point, should we be pressing for something or should we just be making nice? Just make nice. Okay. What was the name of, of her uh, guard again, that, uh, that uh, her companion? That fellow you mentioned. Oh, uh, Patrol Leader Acheron. 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 Just to make yeah, sure. I, he's I there. He's right. the one you guys met on the right. beach before. I just wanted to acknowledge him and actually tell him thank you. Oh, uh, Acheron, good to see you again. Uh, thank you for your assistance earlier. As you can see, it was uh, um, it was help that was uh, well appreciated. Yes, yes, is good. The wise ones thought it best for me to greet you. Welcome. This is a sacred place to us, uh, belonging to the children since ancient times. In our tongue, you would call it the walls of history. Uh, it is where we keep our, our knowledge. Oh, do, the, you, do you carve it into the wall itself? Um, yes, sort of, yes. I believe the answer is yes. We use large, uh, we use tablets of stone. Oh. Would it be disrespectful for me to ask if I could look around a bit and glean some knowledge of your history? I'm a bit of a story myself. Only our closest allies and honored guests are allowed to see this place, but... Since you have been invited, it is not against the rules for me to, to show you around. Few places are off limits here. That would be good, especially that, uh, those areas where you record your knowledge, because I, I can see that Father Haytham is drooling considerably. There's a pool of, that's on the <laughs> floor already. Did you say already. Father Haytham? Did, <laughs> <laughs> did you convert? I cast bless. <laughs> he multiclassed. <laughs> Hooray! Let's, let's try that again. <laughs> nah. nah. <laughs> joke, joke wasn't that good to be worth redoing anyway, so let's move so, on, shall we? Uh, Acheron, one, it is a great honor to be here. We appreciate that. And at the ending of this, where we had the ritual marriage between Haytham and your princess, <laughs> uh, we will, of course, cement our Damn lives. Damn it, were you reading ahead? Haytham, Haytham's like, <laughs> like shading... This. Uh, like with a with a pencil and a piece of paper, some they're writing on the wall, and they're he's like, giving you over. the honor of a high priest, Hatham. <laughs> Only one who marries into their royal line can do that. I'm kind of curious if the fish part is on no, the, the top devil or the bottom. Not going to be pleased about so, this. That could have repercussions. Go on. <laughs> life life finds a way. That's right. Life finds a way. Coming that's to a, a theater near that's you. My other ball and chain's going to be so upset. Oh no. <laughs> eh, she didn't put a ring on it. <laughs> Could you imagine instead of Children of the Corn? Children of the Sea. Dun, dun. Chicken of the Sea. Acheron leads you down a passageway off to the side, which, of which there were several that you noticed. There are a number of turns and cross sections creating a maze of passages that seem familiar to Acheron, but you quickly realize that inside this island is a vast maze of rooms and passageways. After a few more turns, you come to a large open room, and inside you see rows of carved rock slabs spanning the room. Some of the uh, rocks are tablet-sized. Some of them are monument-sized. Some of them are very long stone slabs, very large. And they seem to be arrayed around the room in rows, but other than that, no discernible pattern. What language are they written in? We'll get to that. Ooh. Uh-oh. Acheron uh, looks around the room and goes, here is our, our history. Uh, we have not the books of the Landwalkers, but we keep our knowledge here. Uh, it is a writing that will withstand time. Uh, you may look, but touching is forbidden. Please, eyes only. Akron, how old would you say these are? Many of these go back to the first of our people. They cover a long span of time. Now, you can see off to the side there are a few other rooms, and a couple of those you can see down, and they seem to also be large rooms full of these stone slabs as well. So you're looking at 
thousands of slabs. And like I said, some of them are quite large. Now, Haytham, as you guess, you, you recognize this as a wealth of information. It's a find that could keep many scholars busy for a lifetime. His pupils dilate. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, there's a, there's a, your tongue is hanging out, <laughs> you're sweating. You'll, you'll have time with your new duties. <laughs> now, you do not recognize the language. It's something you've never seen before. But it does appear to be a, a very primitive, consisting mostly of pictographs. Uh, there is variation in the age of the slabs. It's obvious to you, uh, even, to the un- even to the rest of you, even to an untrained eye, you would notice different ages and even uh, different age in the language. You could see where the la- language has developed. So the older slabs are pretty easily identifiable, um, and not just by the wearing of the stone, but the progression of the language. Can I look at some of the older ones? I assume they are still pictographs, and try and glean some information from them. Without. Sure. Um, and now you know that, uh, once again, you're, you're looking around a room that, like I said, would take teams of scholars lifetimes to study. But, uh, you know, you definitely can start looking around. I need to roll to see if I can make sense of some of these? or um, Well, I mean, you guys got a few minutes in here. Just a uh, real quick overall, what is the plan for the four of you? you? Like I said, you're free to walk around. They only ask you to not touch. And Acheron doesn't seem to be hindering you in any way. They're just going to kind of follow you around him and his uh, fellow guards. Well, this is a long shot for me. But, um, and I, I'll be careful not to touch anything, but I'm going to be making a quick survey. Again, long shot, but I'm going to see if anywhere by chance I find my holy symbol depicted or anything that looks similar to it. Okay, and Haytham, you, you're trying to figure a little something out about the language. Is that your Yeah, kind of kind of decide, like, try and start learning some of it and maybe see what history I can glean from it. Maybe ask yeah. Akron if he cares if I make right. notes in my, my book, maybe... Yeah, you know, you can write. That's not that's not a problem. Okay. Like so as long as you can do it without touching, and um, but go ahead, give me a uh, like a lower academia role since I know you like that. I love it. Maybe don't uh, love it that much. Thirteen. Uh, you know that's not great. You kind of get what you'd already guessed. The, this was a language that did develop, and it is fairly primitive. Even in the later stages, it's not a complicated language. You don't think it would take you a long time. To, uh, to figure it out and learn this, but it's not something you're going to do over a few minutes. And if you had a couple of days or even weeks, you could probably really start to put things together. So once again, not super complicated, uh, especially the early stuff. And even some of it, looking at there, you, you can, you know, you're making things out. You're like, well, that's clearly a picture of sun. And they're clearly using um, the different types of waves to show whether or not this is happening above or below water. Uh, you know, you, you're seeing these things. You see how the, the pictographs they're using to depict themselves. And you can even see different ones that are, are probably case-related. You know, like you don't know which ones they are, but you can see that they're signifying different ways of using that word. So it's like, here we are. Here's another little picture that modifies that in some way. So you can already kind of see some of the patterns, but it's going to take you quite a while to actually read it, per se. Fascinating. Uh, very, very fascinating. Also, um can't make sense of it at all, but it's so very fascinating. Mm, right. Completely nonsensical. Oh, that's, that's, you, you take so much joy in that. <laughs> okay. Shuri's going to try and talk to Captain Acheron for a little bit during this time. Okay. Yeah, uh, no, sure. Captain Acheron, I believe. Uh, patrol leader. Patrol leader. Patrol leader Acheron. Okay. Uh, I noticed that your people use um, spears during your formations. It is our... Uh, it is our... Uh, Holy weapon, I think, is word you would use. Mm. It is. Um, we use other weapons, but it is uh, a tradition. Traditional. I know it is not necessarily within my position to be stating this, but uh, in that formation that I saw you using, you were quite spread out. 
for future combats, you might want to consider being more closely compacted with spear usage like that. We have many formations. It was the order I gave. At time, we knew not if you were friends. Uh, spear, uh, many, um, what is the word, uh, many ways of fighting with spear are better with space. Hmm. And we were worried you might, uh, might uh, scatter. So I ordered them to spread out. But yes, we oftentimes use uh, more close formations, especially when hunting. Ah. Also, here's a formation for you, he says, giving you the finger. <laughs> How dare you tell me what to do, sir? No, I mean, it's... No, it's, it's it, legit. You it's guys a, are like two guys, yeah. two military guys talking about military yeah, shit. It, so, I mean, it, that makes it, sense. It has that feel. Yeah. Like I said, nobody's getting upset with each other here. They're just very much the, oh, yeah, no, I got my Glock 9 here. Oh, really? I like the Six Sour yeah. better. You know, yeah. that it's very much that conversation. That strictly me just giving you shit, so no yeah. worries. Wait, the children of the sea have guns? Holy uh, shit! Did, did I forget to mention that? How yeah. are we not winning this war? They were, I was gonna say uh, they, uh, they they were they were they were packing the whole time. Mm-hmm. Captain well, Ockeron whips shit. out a Desert Eagle. Shit. Oh, <laughs> glad we didn't fight him. Back it up to the cave entrance. I'll get that boat. Uh, Damn. So, Father Becker, I believe you're just kind of wandering around. I'm just uh, glancing and um, you know, see if I see my name somewhere. <laughs> uh, okay. so great betrayer. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Trying to block that one with my views. Nobody sees it. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Alder? So, uh, you know, not having Haytham's lifelong dedication to lore and understanding. I mean, he's just going to like wander through this like a like a person who doesn't really like art through an art gallery. Mm-hmm. But he's just going to look for maybe something a little more recent. Pornography? I don't think I want to look at weird fish porn. <laughs> Where's the titty picture? You say that now, but once you start... Oh, look like, at that oh. pile of eggs. I can't uh, wait for that to get inseminated. Fer- it's going to get fertilized. <laughs> no, he's just... I mean, like, no chance of... If, if he's looking for, like, pictures... Amongst the pictures. Okay. Like, no, fair enough. If this was a written language, which it is, but it's mostly pictographs, but maybe someone just straight up drew a scene. Actually, you do see several of those. Why don't you both give me perception checks? Okay. Eh, 15. First roll of the day. It's going to be awesome. Ready? Not so much for me. Uh, oh, well, not terrible. Um, I got a 19. That's not bad. Uh, you know, Alder, your suspicion is correct. A number of what you see are... But more closely uh, resembling illuminations. So you say they are scenes, um, they are illustrations that are meant to depict something. You assume they're historically significant, although it's not always obvious to you what that significance is. Uh, but at the same time, you know, some of you, you know, here's a battle. Here's, there's people obviously fighting here. Or this looks like a ceremony. Uh, you know, this is uh, pictures of other places that, you know, may be sacred or, or holy, you really don't know, but yeah, you see those kind of things. Uh, Father Becker, you also notice those uh, as well. And as you're kind of wondering, good day, listeners. This is Saul Carvey, broadsending for Kasserat Public Radio, beaming around the globe from the Hellspire Tower in downtown Kasserat, bringing you the rest of history. Not all great deeds of the God's War were performed on the battlefield. Grand armies need grand supplies. Those who toiled endlessly and whose labored efforts kept the armies fighting deserved as much exultation as any great warrior and knight. Miners, blacksmith, leather workers, farmers, and bakers, all were needed and all put forth great effort. Yet such great labor requires great skill and great coordination, and thus one rose to leadership through necessity. A simple blacksmith by trade who would lead by example, working tirelessly and endlessly to keep supplies where needed. Yet the grand armies of the gods were marched through defeat and victory, propelled with the efforts of the craftsmen and workers who supported them, everyone organized and coordinated by one great man, 
a man whose name was given to a continent still known for its hard work. Lumber, steel, cloth still support this realm from the continents of Edeamos. And now you know the rest of history. Good day. Hey, wizards. How many times has this happened to you? Well, well, well. What a couple of what's a couple of high class elven females doing in a low level encounter like this? How how would you like to come back to my tower? I'll show you what my staff of power can do. <laughs> Ew, gross. No way, Gandalf. Yeah, go to bed, old man. But it adds plus two to my AC and saving throw. Oh. Pathetic, right? Well, I'm here to tell you that it isn't your fault. You're a wizard. Charisma's your dump stat, after all. The scenario doesn't have to repeat itself over and over again. Not when you've got this, the Sorcerer's Guide to Picking Up Chicks. It's packed with amazing techniques guaranteed to help you attract the attentions of whatever lesser beings you're currently into. And you know you can trust this advice because it is brought to you by the most successful high-charisma sorcerers in the world. Furthermore, it is easy to read and easy to understand. Heck, since the book is written by sorcerers, it's mostly just illustrations. Illustrations? Books are my favorite way to learn, but I like ancient cryptic texts that takes me years to decipher. Shut up, Merlin. With the Sorcerer's Guide to Picking Up Chicks, you'll cover important topics like how not to come off like a creepy old man, trimming your beard and nose hair, wearing pants, talking about anything other than magic, well, you, you know, speaking of magic, I was researching some spells the other day. Would you pipe down, Dumbledore? With the Sorcerer's Guide to Picking Up Chicks, you'll soon be rolling up more intimate encounters. Order your copy today via Ascending Spell or pick it up in your local market, wherever pornographic flip books are sold. So I said to her, just grasp my wand firmly and you'll be amazed at what comes out at the other end. <laughs> That's right. Roll a nat 20 in the bedroom with the Sorcerer's Guide to Picking Up Chicks. As well. And as you're kind of wandering up and down, you come across a point, and you almost don't notice it at first because there are several of these illuminations nearby. But you glance past one, and there is a larger stone set back behind it. Mm-hmm. And on that stone is a, it's a pretty good sized illumination, probably three foot tall, mm-hmm. maybe four foot wide. And sure enough, you notice uh, something that looks very similar to you or familiar. Oh, shit. Yeah. That is great. Uh, I'm going to take a real good look at that first before I draw it to anyone else's attention just to. Uh, just All right. To, so on that, it's Sean, an... you see the sun appears to have gone into an eclipse <laughs> and the earth is breaking apart. Uh, there's a fire everywhere and. It is an ancient stone slab. No good. Uh, it looks like one of the older ones. Oh, excellent. And there you see three giant creatures are locked into a battle with a shadowy figure. Each of the figures looks vaguely like an elemental, earth, air, water. Many smaller creatures are at their feet hurling weapons at the unseen enemy. Uh, near the giant water creature are thin figures throwing spears. Uh, you kind of glance over at Acheron and his spear and you notice the resemblance. Mm-hmm. Winged birdmen swoop near the wind elemental and numerous ancient beasts who kind of remind you of dinosaurs fight near the earth elemental. Hmm. But what caught your eye more than anything else are the three symbols emblazoned on the chests of the three elementals. They each seem oddly similar, but distinctly different. One of these symbols is instantly recognizable to you etched into the chest of what we're calling at this point, the earth elemental is the symbol that you have seen often seen hanging around your neck. Huh? 
What do you know about that? I mean, a lot of stuff seems to be kind of coming together here. This idea that that great pain that I encountered whenever I was communing with my God. I mean, it's I think it's pretty obvious these days. That, I mean, it's he's infected. The essence, the dark essence of, of Gilgamesh has... Uh, Gilgamesh. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be bothered to learn things. I told you names are hard. You see, it says right here We're going to need a, stone a glossary of terms that we hang up every day so we can just glance at it and go, Gilgamark. Prophet Father Becker will cause second impact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like hmm, that the um, the elemental forces were arrayed in, in as allies against uh, this dark creature at one point. And um, I keep thinking more and more these days that perhaps this god, this elemental god, is is infected with the essence of Gilgamark, and that is why he's in such pain and has such limited abilities. So um, he's the only one that saw that. Well, I mean, it's a giant stone slab. Father Becker's standing over near it. I don't know whether or not you bring it back. Well, I, but he's the one that knows. This is a big room, a lot of stuff. So I, I'm, I'm most assuredly going over to Haytham. And I'm saying, um, Haytham, uh, you know, I, I know you're looking at all sorts of fascinating stuff. May I direct your attention to one particular stone? Uh, sure. It, it could, could make you... it brief. This one's got a I, lot of more sun. I think you'll want to make a sketch of this one. If right. You could, as right. accurate as you possibly can. Oh, okay. Fine, fine. Sketch, Let's get on with it. Fine. Yeah, don't, no, no shading. Okay. Yeah. Don't touch it. No, come over here. Look at this. I, right. No, no, I'm pulling you. Come I'm on the. Oh. No, look. Look at this one. <laughs> hang on. See that big one? Yeah. Well, oh, hang on. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you see that right Wait, there? Wait, that. Do you see that right there? How's that? Shh. Yes. But there are two more. I see that. Did you see that? Do you see how the one looks like they are? Uh, it's it looks like water, and they're throwing spears. Where, yes, where have we know. seen spears before? That seems oddly I, familiar. I've never even heard of a spear. Well, it's a <laughs> it's a uh, it's like a sharpened <laughs> stick. I'm pretty certain. Fascinating. What y'all looking one. at? Oh, oh, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing, nothing. Primarily sketching the symbols on the other two. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. If only there was someone here who. Spoke this language. And could interpret this. And could tell us more about yes. Patrol leader! <laughs> uh, he's over still having his conversation with the Shiri. Well, why don't, do we want to establish ourselves nicely before we... Uh, Just simply the... ask him about a story. Yeah. It's, it's the one of the largest tablets in this Slide place. my holy symbol yes. deep inside <laughs> my robes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is given away is always in your control. <laughs> <I know. laughs> You're the one wearing bling. Well, you know, <laughs> it's, the, uh, it's one of those things, though, you know? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be um, honest about your. We, well, you shouldn't be. <laughs> we could be like, hey, we noticed this giant slab bigger than the others has a cool looking story. Could yeah. you tell us about it, please? It, it takes him a minute to come over. Him and Ashirian seem to be locked in a, a quite a, a discussion on military tactics. Oh my god, Akaron, your spear is like. <laughs> Oh, dang. Yeah, that so you're really yeah. hitting it off. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. You ah, the wedding's back on. <laughs> yes. Went a different direction than he I said. He said, into the royal family, it never mm. had to be a princess. <laughs> <laughs> well, into the royal family. <laughs> a lot of people are going to go, you know. What, the whole what, family or just. When did the just podcast just the, jump the shark? I just want to uh, say on the record, that one was not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Atlantis took a whole different direction on this one. <laughs> Under the sea. Anyway. So Akaran comes over and he uh, he says, oh, uh, yes, this is uh, this is very old. This is ancient. What What's going on here? Tell us, like, what we see figures battling something. What What Can you tell us a story? This is uh, how you... Um, this is very sad. This was day that our our god died. Oh, yes, they are. Are and he points, you know, to the water elemental looking thing, and then down below at the children, he says, "This this is us. 
this is our God many, many generations ago. There was big battle uh, with the gods. This is the gods' war. And like realization kind of dawns. Oh, that makes sense. And there were our God and his sister and brother, and they fought the dark God, and they all died. It was when our brothers and sisters were lost. Oh, all three of them died? Yes. What were their names? Uh, the names we have for them are our goddess. She was Rasia. And this here, and he points to uh, the air elemental. That's around there. And this is, uh, this is Gorada. And then you see me leaning in very <laughs> intently. And he points to the earth animal. That's elemental the nameless name. god. <laughs> god damn it, you <laughs> motherfucker. That one, that one we all forgot. God, no no knowledge, no name. The everyone. one that got away. <laughs> yeah. He says, no, this is god. This is brother god. This is Imerin. Imerin? As Sean fills in the deity portion <laughs> of his character sheet. There he goes. Let me erase this big fucking question mark and go, uh, all right. He says, Finally. we, and he again points to uh, the children of the sea that are up there. He goes, this is us. We are children of Reja, but you have no word why we say sea. Because uh, Reja was the sea, and Goara was the sky, and Imerin, he was the land. So who worshipped Imera? He's children, and he points to the beasts that are up there. But they are, they are lost. They are not what they were before. They have uh, gone back to, uh, back to the way they were. Um, no, they no longer have, what do you say? They no longer have mind like we do. Oh. Uh, what, what of the winged ones? We have not heard or seen of them for many generations. They don't call, they don't write, nothing? <laughs> hey, Them, update the quest marker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm Marin's children. Um, so they have degenerated into those beasts where they once... Um, he kind of looks at you quizzically when you say the word degenerated, like you oh, don't quite understand. Uh, they have... Um, oh, gosh. Uh, how can I explain it to L a simple-minded fool minds. like you? I mean... Um, their their he says, thought minds. So they are now yes, more, more they, beasts than men? They speak no more. They, we have encountered some, but they are, they are wild. Uh, are they... And I point to legs and arms. Are they humanoid? Now or are they are they are they beasts like the no, giant creatures? No, they were creatures of the earth, and he points to them once again. Like so, they look a, a lot similar to dinosaurs. Yeah. Uh, maybe even a very crocodile. similar. Uh, you know, you see a many, uh, you see a wide variety. His is the one that's more uh, varied. Yeah. Whereas the others, they all like the children of Rasia. They they all look like Akron, to mm -hmm. so to speak. And the, the birdmen all basically look the same. Uh, but Amer and his are obviously different beasts. They're, but the really only thing that you can tell is they all probably are pretty large. Okay. Interesting. So, Interesting. so what the listeners want to know is there may be dinosaurs on Verida. Or at least once were. Well, if there are still, that'd be the coolest thing. Never, well, we know that there's crocodiles, never. apparently, which are technically... Pirates and dinosaurs in the same setting? Come on, guys. Oh, dang. Yeah. Pirate dinosaurs. <laughs> or dinosaur pirates. I like the way are you think. The <laughs> living in the land of the lost, so to speak. Uh, I, no, Marshall, I see, Will, and Holly. I want to see pirate see dinosaur pirates. So dinosaur? they're dinosaur pirates who, who pirate dinosaurs. <laughs> You wouldn't download a dinosaur, it's would It's like you? we're thinking the same. It's like we're using the same brain. It, it's okay. Go ahead and hit pause, delete, and uninstall. <laughs> Thank you for listening, guys. So <laughs> the, there's only the one shadowy figure, though. They're all fighting. Do you, yes. do you have a name for that one? We do not. Gilgamesh. No, but this was something that was depicted <laughs> uh, uh, this is... so much earlier, right? This is a yes. long time this before is, they... This is long before 
uh, dark times. This was before the sea fell. This was. Those are different guys. Gilgo Marsh and Gilgo Mark. Yeah. I, I can't. Who? <laughs> Is this. Um, should I know that name? Gilgo Mark? Uh, Gilgo Marsh. No, the no, shadow. It really guy. doesn't sound familiar. I'm, I'm not sure why you're bringing it oh, up now. He's an he's a evil lichen. Our language <laughs> only call him the, the dark one. These are. The, the, our god, Rasia, and her brother and sister were oldest of the gods. They, they were of the, they were of our, our realm. They were, they were the earth. They were the land. Uh, they were the, the sky and the air. She was the, the sea and the water. Without them, it would not be the same, which is why we believe they are not truly gone, only scattered. Their, their energies have been spread throughout the, the land. It is what why there is no order to the world anymore. But they're not gone completely, what you're saying, that someday they might uh, gather their essence together again and, and, uh, and rise. We have long since lost such hope. But some of our old writings here uh, had hoped such, but it has been so long, and we are all that is left. Interesting. One of these gods may be getting a head start. Hmm. The one in the back. Yeah, probably. <laughs> one, <laughs> one of these the, gods. The cool like dinosaur the children. The shadowy one. I'm already picturing myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm already picturing myself at some point, like riding a triceratops, you know, with holding my holy symbol of eye, going, Gilgamesh, I've come for you. <laughs> and then dying horribly. <laughs> the point is, I'd be riding a dinosaur. You're a sexy, you're a sexy clothy god of a god of war. That's right. That's it. Yeah, riding man. a T Rex. That's it. Acheron points to uh, a little further away. There is another slab. He, he kind of points over to that, and he says, our um, wise ones, and he kind of like points to Hatham, meaning like... He called me wise. Our weak. They say, <laughs> the Wait, weak I, fish. I said the wrong, <laughs> they, wrong word, weak, not wise. <laughs> they say that gods are both dead and not dead, uh, that they are linked to this world, and that without them, there would be no world, so they cannot be... They cannot be all dead. It is, uh, it is much for a warrior like myself to, to consider, but they, they say that uh, their, their spirit is still here. Scholars do love pedantic bullshit. And like, kind of like smiles that hate them. <laughs> he says their power, is, it is scattered and returned to the elements from which they were formed. I think I've got the gist of it in that might inform and reinforce certain theories I've had. You're quite learned for a fighter. Glance it. Uh, that's a second lieutenant, actually. Hey, then my, <laughs> I'm a student of history, if nothing else. Not as smart as you, uh, but uh, the past does concern me, given my lineage. Hmm. Well, that we have in common, then. Yes. So, interesting. You know, I'm beginning to get a, a more and more of a sense of what might be going on here. I wonder if, in fact... The, the cultist use of the holy symbol for my god, if if Gilgamark's essence is trapped within essentially the body of my god, the reason that they're invoking him is to try to expel that essence. Because once they expel the essence, he can um, regain his form and his power. Yes. And, and so, uh, and thus part of the prophecy, if I help to bring about the resurrection, if you will, of my god, it probably comes from expelling Gilgamark's essence, which then frees him. The two are inextricably linked. I worry somewhat, what if your god uh, coalesces, I suppose, might be the word, if his essence is scattered about the earth, what if he comes back into the fullness of his strength with Gilgamark's taint 
in his soap. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> My God's taint is a holy taint. Children. Children. <laughs> the, the best part oh, was so good. Snicker, the look on his face like he knew it. Uh, yeah, he I did. Yeah. Like, oh, He's like, I was trying to hold it in and then Rich let go and I was like, fuck it, here it we go. It was the look on his face. <laughs> I, knew, I knew as I was saying it, I was like, and here we go. <laughs> so what you're saying is this new being, it wouldn't be exactly Gilgamark and it wouldn't be exactly Earth. It's something in between. I worry it would be more Gilgamark I, I than... <laughs> So, Gilgamot, then the landwalkers find certain words funny. <laughs> I don't understand their humor. Tate. Hey, uh, before they begin, I'll drag the patrolier away. <laughs> okay. Like, like just uh, like a pretext. Like, hey, show me something else, so they can. Okay. They can. Where are all these thing. naked fish people yeah, on this other side? He doesn't seem like bothered by any of this. Like, yeah. He's not concerned. You guys seem to be respectful of the and, place. And, so. and like, that's a pretext for asking him something. Right. But then this way they can like converse. Because yeah. uh, pretty much the guards stay fairly near you anyway. They're, they let you have space, but they're, they're just keeping an eye out. I mean, that, that is a possibility as well. I, I see where you're, what you're coming up. The idea is awaken the god. With, but you know what, though? So much of it appears to be, it seems to be trying to draw his essence out. We've seen so much of that, which makes me think a little bit that it might be the other, but maybe not. I, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's just, you know, something we're misperceiving. True. Uh, Gilgamark sought divinity, though, and I worry perhaps he's found it. So you're you're saying that you think that uh, Gilgamark is trapped inside your god? I, I I feel that, yeah, to a certain extent, yes. Although the experiences that I've had recently when I was communing with him, it seemed that he was in terrible pain. And this is just my guessing, but I felt that maybe there was a connection between the fact that this dark essence was inside him, if you will, and um, and and uh, and his suffering, um, which would make me want to try to get that dark essence out of him. Maybe then he could he could come uh, again with into his full power, and maybe this time fight this dark entity and win. Uh, assuming, of course, that the Gilgamark is somehow. Maybe he's he's connected to because the dark entity we see in, uh, in the in the picture in the um, <clears throat> pictogram, that's clearly from a much more ancient source. Do we have any knowledge of Gilgamark's source of power? Is that negative energy itself, some sort of being? Was he a conduit um, for for a dark being from the gods' war? Oh, that would make a great deal of sense. If your god has suffused himself with the earth, and the god of air has suffused himself with the air, and so on and so forth, then. Maybe that dark energy is the essence of yet another god. I mean, it could be. In which case, I mean, if you were a god, if you were too, if you were opposed to another god, and your and energy is with inside you, I mean, it would seem to be causing a, a terrible pain and disruption and so forth, and you would want them to separate. I would. I, think. Would, I would assume so. One positive and one negative, They're like oil and water. Do you know though? One thing I worry about is that. Um, if it took, if three fought against one at the dawn of uh, of time, and those three lost, then um, one would be worried about if my god um, came back into being but had to fight the the essence of the dark god. It seemed he'd be woefully outmatched. If only there were a way to, uh, you know, hurry the um, hurry the the resurrection of the other gods as well. Maybe well, a fair fight could happen. With what uh, Hatham said. Uh... Thinking that um, Gilgamark is a sort of icon for the darker figure that we see there. I almost wonder if the slaying of Gilgamark also somehow managed to weaken 
the dark being that we see there. Could very well be. Because um, your god, his strength is obviously diminished, and part of that might just be because he doesn't have many worshippers. True, true. He has cultists, <laughs> but apparently... Well, the cultists aren't worship him. We figure that out. They're doing something else. I mean, it, it's clearly the case. That what they're doing and, and what I do when I channel the energy for my god is different. That is most assuredly the case. No, if only we had some access to some sort of library that uh, that we could <laughs> learn more about stuff. But um, sadly, I can't think of well, anyone. Well, be well you'd probably have to sell your soul to get that. To strike I certain mean, deals and make contracts. Oh, oh, well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, we could speculate wildly all day. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure the price would be far too high oh, to get the kind of knowledge we seek. Uh, one should probably never sign such a thing or <laughs> no, make such a deal. That'd be terribly foolish. I can't imagine anyone would do that. Well, Poor choice. Alder, what were you wanting to ask? uh, So I'll kind of drag him away. It's like a patrol leader. Roughly 120 years ago, uh, possibly uh, 14,400 moons, WO people used to track time, uh, a great primitive scum. Many ships (laughs) came to Faradin. Do you have uh, any histories of the war that happened? Any pictographs? We have very little of the war from from before the darkness before the darkness came we we were much diminished we were forced to hide this chamber we sealed and it was flooded to protect it mm. we did not want the the evil one to know it was here so very little exists from that time but we have some uh history uh of of then but we 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 know the war happened but unfortunately we were we were hiding Right, of course. Well, thank you. Anyway, Spears, huh? No no further questions. (laughs) Um, You know, and it's right about then that a uh, a pair of shepherds arrive into the room, and Patrol Leader Acheron sees them, and they kind of give the knowing nod, and he looks at the four of them, and he says, "Uh, they they are ready for you. We will take you to to chamber. If I get called back by another devil woman, I swear to God, I'm turning around and leaving. Mm -hmm. So you guys are led down another uh, series of dizzying twists and turns before you merge into another uh, fairly large natural chamber. And once again, all of these in here, you see, all look fairly natural. Uh, to one side is a calm pool of clear water. Uh, staccato drips of water fall from natural formations on the ceiling and echo, echo softly around the chamber. Uh, five elderly children of the sea stand at the edge of the pool in knee-deep water. They eye you carefully as you enter, but otherwise remain still. Towards the center of the room are a group of five elderly humans. Uh, each are elaborately adorned with various shells and bones of unknown significance. Uh, four other figures also occupy the room and stand in a far corner. Lena Clay quietly stands next to her friend Kayleen. The third figure is a human male wearing simple clothes uh, with his face painted white. Uh, he stands motionless on an, with an unnerving gaze that seems to never move. The fourth figure is clearly a dark lancer. He seems unhappy. Uh, as you move into the room, one of the shepherd counselors steps forward. Uh, gentlemen, I am Lady Narshana. I am the elected Tuatha of this council, and I ask you to please respect the sanctity of this place. Uh, please only speak when you are asked a question, and please answer honestly and as fully as possible. As per tradition, I will be the only member of the council communicating with outsiders. I must say it is a great honor for you to be allowed here today. Uh, Captain Clay, she... Uh, has spoken on your behalf. Uh, your role in the rescue of my granddaughter is greatly appreciated. The council names you as friends, but we have before us a difficult decision, and we ask for your help. 
do you do you understand your role here today? And she looks at you as though you can, you may answer. Affirmative. I, I understand. I understand. Thank you, and yes. I right, do. Rich. Who's who? Granddaughter? Who's granddaughter? So the lady who steps forward, her name, uh, she said, was Narshana. Lady Narshana. Did you spell that? Uh, sure. It's N A R S H. A-N-A. The, the gal we rescued is her granddaughter? Yes, that's what she referenced. That doesn't... That confuses all... Lena is her granddaughter or Lena's no, friend? No, Lena's friend Kayleen. Oh, okay, okay. So Lady Narshana is the two author of this council and grandmother of the other gal we rescued. Of Kayleen, yes. And I assume Tuatha is some sort of leader or moderator. She didn't say. Yeah, it's a position. Yeah. Oh, I've got some position. <laughs> no. Like I, eyeballing the father to like, like, hey, you know, I'm keeping you in the mix. Don't worry. But, like, Alder will step forward. Uh, she actually approaches Alder okay. and stands right before you. And she has a very simple but graceful way. Uh, she's one of these people that somehow commands authority without uh, any intimidation whatsoever. Mm-hmm. She looks at you uh, at Alder and says, You have seen those who claim to follow Gilgamark. Please tell us what you know of them. Just to establish ourselves very fast, I am 2nd Lieutenant Alderbilder Smythe III, Caliban Defense Force. This is my compatriots, Captain Asherian Davenport, Haytham Hallward, Scholar, and Father Becker. We have seen multiple occasions where these cultists you speak of are a blight on this land. Our first interactions with them were some months ago, where we came across a cult of them and sacrificing five children. Then, sometime later, recently, we encountered a settlement known as New Hope. Coincidentally, your granddaughter and Captain Lena were imprisoned there. We managed to rescue them. Uh, unfortunately, we were not able to rescue the other captives who were being used in a dark ritual. Some of the crew from the Clay Fleet, some of the crew from the Dark Lances, and like he'll kind of look over at the representative, were used in this filthy ritual which unfortunately we were not able to stop. Hence the current situation where large demons are flying around above the settlement. Now, the whole time that you're speaking, Lady Narshana is listening very intently and very politely, mm-hmm. as is everybody else around the room. But most everybody's pretty much, I mean, not statuesque, but she's, she's very, she nods, she's listening very intently. And she's just, she kind of looks at you as, uh, as if to say, uh, you know, are you finished? That is as succinct a summation as I can make it. She, she again nods at you very politely, and she steps over neck to Haytham. You are a, a scholar, a man of reason. Uh, tell us of your research into the land of Faradon. Is the land ready to be re-inhabited? Uh, well, yes. I mean, there's, there's been no... Um, I mean, the negative energy has been suppressed. It's not blanketing. It, it seems to form in these uh, clouds and such, and sometimes... Uh, Dead animals can be suffused with it. I mean, for the most part, we've uh, come from a port on the south side of the continent. I can't speak for the northern, you know, most areas, but all signs seem to point to habitability. However, the presence of the dark energy cannot be ignored, I don't think. And again, she kind of looks at you as as if to make sure that you are, have finished. If you have, then she she again nods very politely, and she steps over to Ashirian. She looks at you and she <laughs> says, uh, "Some stand dangerously close to evil and are very familiar with its draw. Tell us, is there evil in this land? 
Has the danger passed? I do not believe that I am suffices to say on that subject. I'm not buried with evil. And neither have I. I believe what she said was stand dangerously close. Uh-huh. Well, you... I mean, I'm, I myself am not suffices to say on the whole evil virtue, but uh, I can believe that many of the cultists, however, can uh, uh, give very interesting answers about uh, such ways. Uh, she again looks at you to see if uh, you're complete. And then she moves over to Father Becker. <clears throat> oh, wait, I'm sorry. I was, uh, <clears throat> was sleep there for a she, moment. <clears throat> she I'm looks sorry. at you quizzically for a moment. She says, and now for the great mystery, whom do you serve? This is a sh- Sean pause. So <laughs> no, maybe okay. Father, Be- <laughs> Father Becker just 180s and books it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll see you later, council people. So, do I, do I lie? Do I tell the truth? Do I confess I don't really know? I feel like they'd be thrilled if you told the truth. What is your truth? Out of character. Yeah. What, makes you what is I'm... truth? <laughs> truth? You know, I believe it was the great prophet Aristotle who said, what is truth? You know, Plato had a number of, con- of uh, conceptions of truth. Uh, there's real truth, and then there's the shadowy truth that we see because of the fire in the back of the wall. And so... Three hours later, she's giving me the nod over yeah, and over again. I'm like, and then we come to modern conceptions of truth. <laughs> that's it. So. That's it. We'll help if he'll just shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I'm, I'm sorry. That's a puzzling question. And I'm sure there isn't a, a, there is a pause. And I say, Madam, I appreciate being able to speak before this August Council. And I would not presume to be dishonest. And so I will tell you, I don't completely know who it is that I serve. But there is a power greater than I that I have had the opportunity uh, to commune with, to touch, to sense its power. And I sense that there is an inherent goodness in it. And the more I learn, the more I think I know who it is. And so I'll tell you this today. While I don't fully understand my connection, and I don't fully understand who it is that um, that I'm serving. I believe in my heart that it is the essence of Imran, uh, one of the great allies of your own deity who fought at the dawn of time against the dark forces. And I believe that the actions of these cultists, these dark worshipers of Gilgamark, uh, are in opposition to that and therefore in opposition to the whole world. And I urge you to stand with us in this fight it may be the most important fight that the world has faced since the dawn of time. And again, she kind of nods politely with you. And she takes a couple of steps back and waits a moment. And she kind of tilts her head to the side as if, though, maybe she were either thinking or speaking to someone that you couldn't hear. And as she then addresses the, the four of you and says, uh, very well, uh, do you have any final words for the council before we deliberate? And she looks at four of you. Ladies and gentlemen of this council, thank you for hearing us today. Uh, having given little forewarning of what has been discussed, I assume there's only one question on everyone's minds. The return of Gilgamark and what it means for the world. And while I can assure you that we respect the sovereignty of all involved in any issues going on, there is only one proper response to Gilgamark, and that is opposition. Opposition to the last man, the last woman. Every force that can be available and made ready to oppose him must be 
done so. My ancestor believed this, and it is with great sadness that the issue was not resolved some hundred and twenty-something years ago. But I assure you that we are ready to oppose him and have made every effort to do so at this time. And there can be no dissension of this. There must be purpose of unity. Because if you do not oppose Gilgamesh now, you will not have the opportunity to do so later. He's already poisoned those waters to the east of that mountain range that the children of the sea have long fought to keep safe. And that's before he was trying to ascend to godhood. Where will the oceans be safe if an evil god Gilgamesh reigns? I'll nod meaningfully as if trying to assist in a diplomacy check. Okay, uh, actually, yes, let's go ahead and make a diplomacy check. And Alder, I'd like you to be lead. Okay. And the other three of you, go ahead and roll a diplomacy as well. Mm. I'm going to burn oh, a hero yes. point for a reroll. Okay. Eight. You have to get 20, right, in this modern age of... No, um, this isn't a traditional diplomacy check. But. Okay. Well... So if, uh, you know, are you sure he's lead? Because I just got a 29. Yeah, uh, he's, we're going to... Same. I, I have a thing. Yeah, well, there, okay, so you got a four? Oh. No, no, I did. I there, there's specific math here. So I got this, this isn't exactly a normal diplomacy check. So who, who assisted? Most assuredly. Uh, what did you get? I need to uh, That's a 29 score. with a nat 20 on the die. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Nice. Damn. I got like an eight. Okay, and other back 29 here? with a 19 on the die. Oh, jeez. Okay. So I got a 24. Wow, okay. Holy hell. So we're now their leaders, right? Yeah. I mean, that we <laughs> look at us. Kingdom is ours. Look at us. So the captains that's now. right. I've they bow before how us. To speak meanwhile. <laughs> so uh, actually, did great as a, a scholar. You know, it's like <laughs> oh, these things are in my brain. <laughs> so the lady Narshana nods to you all very politely, and she goes and stands near the other shepherds. Uh, they stand motionless for a moment, and the room goes very quiet. Uh, after some time, you realize that they're communicating with other means, telepathy, perhaps. Though they try to remain stoic, you catch glimpses of emotional faces and body language. Um, you also notice this from the children of the sea who are present. Finally, the debate seems to come to an end, and the uh, counselors again return to a very still state, and Lady Narshana approaches. Gentlemen, the council agrees on only one thing with certainty. There is evil in the land of Faradun. We know not if it has returned or if it never left. But the evil is calling to those susceptible to its pull. Though our past was in Faradon, our future is not. Unless the evil fully returns, is it of little matter to the wind and the waves. Therefore, the shepherds will not take sides in the war of the seafaring nation. She makes a very long, dramatic pause. We will, however, seek to prevent those who serve the ancient evil from returning. The shepherd fleet will patrol the coasts of Faradon, prevent any pirate ship from approaching, or make landing on the mainland. Captain Lena Clay, she looks over at him, will deliver word to Port Holbeck of this arrangement. We hope that the four of you will also act as our emissaries. Tell them that the eastern islands belong to the children of the sea and are not to be disturbed. And tell them that we will be watching the port closely. For now, we will leave it to your father, again looking over at Lena, and his allies, gazes at the four of you, to see that the evil is held at bay. The shepherds know not what or who is coming, but we sense a gathering storm. With that, Lady Narshana bows deeply, and many of the others in the chamber do as well. And you, Alder snaps his heels and gives his Caliban salute. Uh, you feel that this is the official end of the ceremony, and people begin to file out of the room, not quickly, but fairly directly. 
Uh, you see the Dark Lancer emissary storm away with a fairly angry look, and uh, Lena and Narshana move over to the four of you. Narshana speaks, uh, Custom demands that we leave this chamber once the meeting is concluded, but it doesn't demand that we do it quickly. Uh, with that, she begins to slowly shuffle towards an exit. Uh, if you'll permit me, I will see you back to your launch, uh, in case you have anything to discuss. So we start the very long and arduous slow walk to the exit with her. Lady, that is, that is a fair offer. Uh, I must admit I'm a bit disappointed that the shepherds will not be more proactive in this. But I, I understand your position, but there will be a time you can no longer ignore this. She doesn't actually reply to you, but she looks at you and nods in acknowledgement. Um, so as to be polite, she says, as events change, so do the world. And so do the shepherds. It's, it's gratifying at least to know that they will provide the patrols and help try to prevent the cultists and the pirates from uh, getting to the continent. Uh, that is of paramount importance. So we are appreciative of that. We are concerned of the return and who may be coming forth. So for now, our place is in the sea. Who would be your people's high priests? We do not have such a hierarchy. We prize individuality. So we only have such positions in time of need. For today, I was one of them, as were four of my companions. But these positions come and go as time dictates. I understand. Do you have any holy people, though, or, or shamans or anyone that commune with the sea that, uh, that exists among your people? We do not worship a god, as you say. We do feel the pull of the spirit the way the children of the sea do. It is where we belong. We do not know if this is the essence of Rasia. It has long been a question that we do not know the answer to. But there we find power. Have, have any of your more devoted people sensed any change in Rasia? As if um, maybe that uh, power is coalescing? I spoke of a gathering storm, but we know not what form it'll take. May I ask one other question? I look at my other party members and say I don't want to dominate this whole conversation. Yeah, go ahead. The winged people, the, 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 the bird races that are depicted on the ancient, one of the ancient slabs outside, mm -hmm. do your people have any record of where those people came from? Like where, they're, where they were gathered in the long time ago? We know not, unfortunately. They are obviously spoken of in our, our ancient histories. But the children of Goara have not been seen since, well, since the gods war. I see. We do not understand why some of the children of the sea survived and why they were able to retain their minds. But the children of Goara, there is no record of. I see. Thank you. My lady, uh, our goal is to go out and oppose uh, these forces. If and when... I find this truth that you need. How will we contact you if we are to be your emissaries? I can tell you that the children can always find us. We are close allies. So find them and they will find us. Is there any signet or anything we might require uh, to, to designate our status as emissaries if, in fact, we have to encounter your people or the children of the sea? There is a ritual where we replace your left eye with a barnacle. Well, <laughs> that's... That is great. Okay, That's David a, Jones. Bring the barnacles. What? <laughs> Although, as shepherds, we have much value in, in trinkets and the power of such items. We know that the power often goes with the item. So it is what you know that will be of most importance if you need to return. Password, code word, prayer. Gotcha. 
The children know of you. Secret hand job. Possibly what? if we die handshake. in a handshake. total party oh. wipe oh, yeah. and four wrong. new characters Dang. appear. <laughs> Made a lot of friends. But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you guys do notice on the way out that Captain Lena is very quiet. Uh, she seems to be acting oddly shy. You've never, you know, she's always very Captain-esque in her mannerisms. Yeah. And she does a lot of looking at her feet while Lady Narshana is speaking with you. Can I ask an odd question? Why, why the questioning on the habitability of the continent? We thought it was a pertinent question. Why have you not made excursions onto land already? We have not. Really? Well, I've got further notes I could show you about just what we saw. I was, to we... be honest, kind of surprised once we landed how tame the wilderness was, to a degree. We respect your scholarly ways, but... It is not ours. We have our own methods. And as I said before, the the past is the past. Our future is not in Faradon. Haytham's question actually makes me wonder as well. The question that you asked me, obviously for the benefit of the group, also seemed rather rather personal towards me. Is there, um, may I ask where that question came from? And, and um, was there anyone in particular among your group that was particularly concerned? She looks at you and kind of grins, says, well, you indeed may ask. Well, I, I do so then. <laughs> but fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Many of the wise often try to understand the world and the forces involved in it. And most often we fail. But we know the forces are gathering. We know the storm is brewing. And we know somehow you are involved. I might say that I've, I've struggled to find guidance more and more since I've arrived at this, this continent, and I, I keep getting knowledge and flashes and glimpses, and, and sometimes it's hard to know what to do next, uh, how to do the right thing. I would just ask, and if you or any of your people have any suggestions or guidance that you can give me to help me unravel this riddle, I, I'd be very grateful. All I can say is that I feel if we did have certainty and answers, we would be willing to share them with you. Fair but enough. for now, we have more questions than we have answers. I know the feeling. Yeah, that's my line. Thank you. Uh, about this time, you guys finally make your way back to the launch. It has taken a long time. Boy, that's a <laughs> short tunnel for all this. To, uh... <laughs> and you see many of the other launches are already gone. Uh, a few other conversations are happening. Everybody seems to be fairly polite, uh, but everybody's kind of making their way out. Uh, it's probably not too difficult to determine that, you know, people aren't really here a lot unless there's an official reason. Um, so, uh, Captain Lena makes her way into the launch, kind of gestures the, the four of you in. Lady Narshana is kind of standing on the edge. You notice a couple of the children of the sea, you literally just dive into the water and off they go. Captain Lena, who really hasn't spoken much, kind of looks up at Lady Narshana for the first time and nods. Uh, Lady Narshana looks at her and says, so one more time, duty instead of heart. Careful, young one, that you do not accomplish much that has little meaning. And Lena hesitates as if she's going to say something and instead just nods and pushes the launch away. And you guys begin to row your way back to the broken lands. When we're out of earshot, a lady, uh, the lady, I'm going to be like, what's the ish, starfish? <laughs> <laughs> she uh, she kind of looks over at you, you know, questioningly and says, was there a question in there somewhere? You just seem pensive. There is much history here. I am of House Clay, but... I'm very close to the shepherds. Mm. I had to make a difficult decision once when I was young. And had I chosen differently, well, my path would have been different. And maybe 
here I would be, but this isn't where I belong yet. So I go back to my duty. What helps with doing what you have to do instead of what you want is having people to help you do it. I, I was young and I was rash, but I spent a lot of time among the shepherds, defied my father to do it, defied my mother, and they accepted me. And here was home until I realized that it wasn't. But in many ways, I, I, I'm always here. But I, I am of House Clay, and I will always be. So uh, there I shall return, and there is still much to be done. But first, let's go see your dad. <laughs> I have something to say, too, uh, when we're a little ways away from the cave. Yeah, um, you guys... Yeah, open up a bag. Did you guys see these sweet crystals that were in the wall? I pried a whole bunch of them loose. I, oh, God damn of, it. Some of these might be rubies or sapphires. I'm not even sure. Look at these. Aren't these great? You hear He's stealing again. Yeah. Good Lord. Guys, I got a whole bunch. They weren't looking. They really weren't paying attention. Those are their eggs. No, really? Because <laughs> they're delicious. Well, they taste terrible. Yeah. Oh, you don't like them? I think they're all. Well, try some of the sauce. It's Shit. Like, let's find that Doc Lance's guy. Maybe it's not too late. Get some dipping sauce for him. Frame it on him. Switch sides. Uh, so you are able to row your back way to the Broken Lance, and you are able to get yourselves back underway. Uh, once again, several of the shepherds are on board to help you travel back south, but the uh, winds are in your uh, in your favor, so you're able to make good time. However, to get all the way back around to Port Holbeck takes you about 10 days. Shit. So yeah, you got to go all the way around the eastern edge and back into the port. Even with the wind at your backs, it's, uh, it's a good little haul. Would I have time in between to do the, like, four-day-long crafting check to, like, make something? Uh, it's not relevant. You'll have okay. time. I, yeah, I don't think you need to rush We it. have a two-year gap between <laughs> the end of... After the Dark Apocalypse happens, <laughs> things have changed. So how, how are you going to craft an Alder Shield? Oh, what? So, um... We had that conversation. Once you come Many within, times. Once you come within sight of the engines of the port, uh, the shepherds on board say goodbyes, and they transfer back to one of the frigates that have been following you. So they leave just the five of you to sail into the port. Fortunately, you're able to do so without much trouble. You're surprised by the fires of the dead that light up the skies. <laughs> Apparently bad things have occurred while you were gone. You glide into the canal of the port with just a single sail. As the sun begins to sink slowly into the sky, uh, you slip casually aside a newly finished dock. A few workers can be seen uh, this late in the day. But uh, one man stands in the middle of the dock watching the broken lance, and it is none other than Craven Carlisle. As you look over the edge, he looks at you and says, well, I suppose we have a lot to talk about. As per usual, Craven. As per usual. And we're going to see what that is on the next episode of the Adventures Vault Podcast. First thing we're going to talk about is our fee. Where my money, bitch? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Not too late for me to stab this chick. Do it. This crafting doesn't pay for itself. <laughs> You'd think that it would. You really would, but <laughs> you really would, but it's expensive as fuck. <laughs>